Hello, and welcome to the Kink Perspective. My name's Chris. I'm a psychotherapist and consultant. On this episode, I'm going to talk about BDSM and infidelity. So, why do we cheat? Why do happy people cheat? People who cheat in relationships, marriages, BDSM dynamic relationships? And furthermore, does cheating always mean the end of a relationship? No, not really. Cheating, adultery, infidelity, whatever name you want to give it, has existed since the common inception of the marriage that became the duality. One was formed against another. The fact that it's so taboo and mentioned twice, let alone in the Bible, not only once for thinking about it, the other time for doing the same act. But our world's evolving, changing our views, not only in the vanilla pervasive sense, but even in the BDSM sense. Before, when we grew up with the notion that the nuclear family is what was desired, that if infidelity happened, that there came with it a stigma of divorce, of being the divorced man, the divorced woman, the child of divorce. We saw this prevalence on the rise in the 80s and 90s. It's become so commonplace now, we ask how long have your parents been divorced when you were a child in school? Infidelity hits home for someone like me on more levels than one. My father and my brother both had people outside of their prospective relationships. When we view that and hear those stories, it seems so cut and dry. They cheated. That's it. But is it though? Is that all there is when infidelity happens within a relationship is just the cheating for no other reason? Do we reconcile from the outside looking in the untold pictures of abandonment or distance that have been growing? I'm an advocate for communication. I speak about it. I write about it. Not in just the good times, but especially in the bad. If you're upset, you need to talk about it. If you're angry at your partner, you have to talk about it. Not hold it in. Sometimes you just need to have that argument and hash things out. Infidelity has many faces. Beyond the physical, or just having sex with another person, comes the levels of it. Some would argue that emotional cheating is far worse, because you've formed a deep connection to a person you have now engaged with, besides your primary partner, a bond that would be on par or above that you already have established with your current partner. Emotional infidelity exists, though the lines are not always as clear as you either had sex with someone or you didn't. There are those who have those online relationships whose feelings are just as real for someone they've never met as anyone they know in real life. They form a bond, thus having a relationship of sort. As these interactions evolve, some believe that emotional infidelity is when you begin to share your hopes, your desires, your goals, your aspirations, the things that frustrate you and upset you, your sexual fantasies, with such a person but not with the person they have a relationship with in real life. There are those who even go on to avoid time with their real life partner or their families to be online with someone who they've not even met yet. Cheating their partners not only out of their day-to-day -day physical presence and comfort, but they also lose out on the emotional connection being formed with someone else. We have heard the stories from people from all walks of life who've cheated on or been cheated on by their partners. It's not exclusive to vanilla relationships either, but the BDSM, leather, DS, MS communities have all experienced this. However, there are some who are involved in kinky activities that use this as a guise for their activities and reasons or even an excuse to cheat on their partners significant others or their spouses. I've heard a wide variety of such excuses, yet many times it seems to be overlooked, ignored, or even accepted by others who share such kinky interests. Is keeping your mouth shut not violating their so-called kink practice? 
In the end, the ones who do not seem to accept cheating and infidelity as okay or acceptable are the ones who are seemingly shunned by so many others who seem to be claiming this as kinky. To me, it seems if I speak out against such a thing, that I'm the one who's wrong. I'm the one who gets judged. And I'm the one who's kink-shaming and not accepting of kinks that are different than my own. For it not to be cheating, all parties must have consent. That's where this process differs. I have known a smaller community. They were much more restrictive and kept to a smaller functional group of friends. They conducted their activities at private parties, at private homes of one another, so that they were able to at least moderate those who they associated with, that they could build that trust together. They could form their own small community within the larger community of kink. There were single people, as well as coupled and poly people that were part of this small community. One such couple, who had been together for over a decade, experienced one such episode of infidelity, but it was on a massive scale. Eric and Trisha had been together going on 12 years. They had been celebrating the lifestyle and all that it could bring for them as a couple. Sadly, for Trisha, in all that time building a foundation, sharing her life and building a home with Eric, and openly declaring their love for one another, getting married, something for her was missing. Trisha had, in the most recent of years, been voicing her curiosities about avenues she wanted to pursue. Eric, her master, during their negotiations had opted out of such pursuits. For him, they were a hard limit. This had apparently, over the months, left a bad taste in Trisha's mouth. Trisha had began speaking and voicing her disdain, seemingly out of nowhere, for Eric, telling other submissives within the circles how she had been having fantasies that involved some of the other new dominants that recently were invited and accepted to their small community, that she was beginning to pursue discussions outside of her dynamic, outside of Eric's knowing. Eric and Trisha had not been in an open relationship. She was caller to him, she had vowed herself to him, she was married to him, and he to her. Trisha had been secretly meeting up with other dominants in the last few months to explore her desire for gangbangs. While her proclivities and activities are not what is in question, is what she did to Eric, her community, which became the violations of trust. She destroyed her life. She broke her bonds with her master. She violated the rules of the group. While some may be thinking, shouldn't she be free to explore what she wanted to explore? Absolutely. But at the expense of violating those bonds of trust, especially in a lifestyle that's so accepting of kinks and desires, why not just be open? More so, why not just then separate from Eric? Instead, she broke the bonds of her master, violated consent, and the other dominants involved were removed from the group and affectionately ostracized for engaging with someone they knew was taken. And the community she had been a part of for so many years? Well, they turned their back on her and had now closed their hearts and doors to her. Effectively, she not only betrayed her dominant, but she betrayed her community. While this might seem quite the contrary from what happens in normal relationships, the bigger question does loom. Can we come back from betrayal? If one party in a relationship decides to cheat, can a relationship recover and move forward? On a one-on-one -on -one level, some psychotherapists have argued that not only can you recover from a partner's infidelity, but in turn it can make the relationship stronger. It can open deeper lines of communication. Is the road easy? Not at all. Does it require a lot of emotional work, trust, openness, and more? Absolutely. In this example, though, between Eric and Trisha, if we are looking at this as strictly a person-to-person -person issue, 
there could be a road to recovery because they can rebuild that trust. Today, we turn to one person to provide what an entire village once did, a sense of grounding, meaning, continuity. At the same time, we expect our committed relationships to be romantic as well as emotionally and sexually fulfilling. Is it any wonder that so many relationships crumble under the weight of it all? This quote is from Esther Perel, a psychotherapist and relationship expert, sums it up nicely. Within a community though, Trisha may have back then, or even now, in a normal relationship, been able to work through these issues together with Eric, in and out of therapy. When we include the BDSM community into the mix, that perceived trust bond is quite different. Not only has she damaged her relationship with Eric, and at that point it was irreparably, Trisha had broken the bonds of trust that their group abided by. Those new dominants demonstrated not only were they not trustworthy, they violated the lines of consent and decided to forego the rules they agreed to, they also interfered with a collared submissive. Any moral character, which in this lifestyle is still quite regarded, has now been tarnished and they will have to find, if possible, another group to associate with. Of course, communities talk. Trisha found herself on the outside because of her betrayal, not only from her relationship, but from her home, in her actions, she lost all of her friends because those levels of trust for that group took years to forge and in an instant to destroy. So can we come back? What does it take to rebuild once infidelity has happened? First, coming to the understanding that however strong we feel inside of our current dynamics, the pull within to explore with another behind our partner's back is ultimately a stylized fiction of something that's not real. First, promises and desires are shared of the things your partner can't do or is not willing to do. And because you have made the step forward to have the relationship outside of your current one, you are looking to project everything you wanted in that one to the new person. While they may accommodate you for a while, once that shine wears, the same feelings are going to return. It's about understanding who you are as a person, opening the lines of communication with your partner and discussing how you feel. Would some in the BDSM community support these acts of infidelity? Are there desires to do this? Absolutely. And for some, they're affectionately applauded openly. In many places like FetLife, Cuffs, Alt.com, more often women over men describe their dalliances with open bravado, while the cheers and adulations bolster that spirit. For men, it's quite the opposite. They're chastised and criticized. I'm not looking for equity inside of the acts themselves, though. I would ask the question, why would the community support and love one person and attack and defame a different one for the same thing? I don't believe you should be running out there and looking for someone to cheat with and betray your partner. That would be antithetical to being in a relationship in the first place. There is a contrast in the way I view infidelity and its effects on a couple. The first side comes with pain, anger, betrayal, sadness, and hurt. And on the other side, it allows for emotional maturity personal growth, and discovery within ourselves, what the affair did to you and for you, and what it means to me in the aftermath. When I've talked with people working through the pains and repercussions of infidelity within a relationship, I do explain it this way. In our lifetime, we may have very few serious relationships, or, to take it further, marriage or marriages, and sometimes you're going to be in those relationships with the same person. Now that your first relationship is over, and it's been put in the past, do you want to build a new one together? While we can work to repair the relationship, maybe heal and grow from it, forge a new bond of trust and love that could be stronger than ever before, 
Ironically, it may be harder to repair the damage done to the community you reside in. While the thoughts of being with someone new is invigorating and exciting, think about the pain and the heartache you're going to cause. Talk to and openly with your partner. Don't remove their choice. Don't destroy their trust because you want to be selfish. Allow them the decision to decide if they want to stay with you and open something up in your relationship or not. Otherwise, you may just end up trying to fill up that empty hole inside over and over again, stuck in the same cycle as before. Until next time, be safe and stay kinky.